Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Caitlin, say something. Wow. I know. Wow. That was more awkward than I thought it was going to be. It was chilling. I at least thought she would say, I'm not going to say anything. Right. I drove up here. I drove an hour to come. Yeah. Sit here silently at this podcast. I'm just letting you know, I wish to invoke my Fifth Amendment right. Right, not to speak. And this, of all episodes, is a good one for her to invoke her Fifth Amendment. She likes frozen peaches. She likes frozen peaches. We know she likes wine. Mm -hmm. And we don't know where Caitlin was when all of this was happening. I would agree. So it's good that Caitlin's not talking this episode. Yeah, she's probably just reading and absorbing. Probably reading, absorbing, planning her defense. Mm -hmm. Like, that's possible. But uh, I'm here. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Carrie Martin. We're your hosts, and we're we're talking about grape crimes. This is interesting as shit. How did you find this, Carrie? Uh, somebody added us on Twitter. Ah, damn it, I don't have my phone. It's fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, somebody on Twitter had went down some hobgoblin grapes rabbit hole and found out that this is more than just a fall grape. There's a whole murder mystery behind it. And uh, so I I reached out to you and said, hey, let's talk crazy fruit crimes on this next episode. Katie Tronis on Twitter. Yeah, what happened is uh, Katie Sharonis on Twitter at, is it just at Sharonis? That makes sense. At K Tronis. At K Sharonis, C-H-I-R-O-N-I-S. She had been seeing all of these grapes around Los Angeles, and they have a really interesting label called Mm -hmm. Hobgoblin Grapes, and she got to Googling them. It says, sweet, flavorful, crispy, and an evil-looking goblin is holding these grapes. And so she was like, oh, let let me try some. They look delicious and sweet. And they were. They were. And then she started Googling them, like, oh, where did they come from? And oh boy. Yeah. It is quite a tale. So that's the source of this episode is in, I don't, she's not the one who tweeted it at us. No, somebody tweeted us her story. So then I private messaged her and said, Hey, would you like to be on our podcast? And she was like, no, I'll be in Vegas. And I was like, that sounds like there's a period at the end of that and not a, Hey, could we, Maybe do another time. Right. Which is a very nice way of saying, no, I do not want to be on your podcast. Yeah, no, I will never be on your podcast. I was like, oh, like we ended up pushing it back a weekend. Maybe I should message her again. (laughs) But then I was like, no, something tells me that was a polite way of declining, which is completely fine. Who was it? Should we call her out? Oh, no. I reached out to Katie Tronis to be on our podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, she said no? (laughs) What the fuck? What other true well, crime podcasts not- are reaching out? I'm legit interested in this. Well, she went to her Twitter. We have like 300 followers. So maybe that was a deterrent considering she's got a lot more. And I think she's like acclaimed and wrote a book. Well, she could have gone to my Twitter. Right. Right. Do some research, Katie. There. This could be good pub for you. Mm-hmm. But instead, 
We're going to censor your name. It's still going to be a good <laughs> pub for you. God damn it. We're losing. All right. So what did Katie tweet? This is fucking fascinating. Oh, I didn't include her tweet in the content. Well, the story. She tweeted a whole story. Yes, she did. Yeah, we're not going to read her tweets verbatim, but so, let's tell this story. I call this the grapes of Hobgoblin Wrath. Yes. Because it kind of was uh, around the same place as John Steinbeck's like central i knew that yeah i knew that before you told me just now good so uh could you please spell hobgoblin grapes h-o-b hold on can you use hobgoblin grapes in a sentence yeah uh hobgoblin grapes are a fall harvest grape that come out of pretty lady vineyards on dulcich farms in delano california definition please dulcich farms are also known for their pretty lady brand of grapes that was not a definition of hobgoblin <laughs> grapes, but I'm going to go anyway. H-O-B-G-O-B-L-I-N space G-R-A-P-E-S. Thank you. Nailed it. What do I win? Finger me. Yep, you win a finger. Uh, and in completely unrelated news, I wanted to reveal our new business plan. Adam and I are about to open up a Chicago Bears-inspired Gastro pub in Southern California that specializes in pork tenderloin sandwiches called West Coast Loins. Pork tenderloin sandwiches are impossible to find outside the Midwest, and it's maddening. Because all you need is a pork chop and a tenderizer, correct? It's a chicken sandwich made with pork, and you just tenderize the pork a little. That's the all that's the only thing. So good. And they're so good. So good. And they're nowhere. Nowhere in Los Angeles. Until we open up our gastropub. West Coast Loins, yes. Uh, possible slogans include, but are not limited to, is that a West Coast Loin in the Chicago Bears-themed sports bar, or are you happy to see me? Are there any other? Because I would just sign off on that one. <laughs> uh, we do it for the Nookie and for the West Coast Loins. I d- yeah, that's good. That's also that's good. a shout out to uh, $3 pod $3 pod y'all. Yes. Uh, and of course, our annual night of a thousand lesbians and loins so that we can celebrate both male and female patrons while literally ostracizing no one. Uh, if you can scroll down. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We will also be over capacity on this night uh, and breaking all of the fire codes. So come get. your west coast loin before they sell out and our restaurant burns to the ground those are all good we could do like a circulating promotional campaign that like Mm -hmm. phases each one in depending on the time of year if you guys have any good slogans you could at pretty scary boo at pretty scary boo let us know good slogans for our pork tenderloin restaurant Mm mm-hmm which, and also, if you've never had a pork tenderloin sandwich, shame on you. Fix that. Oh, immediately. Go have one. Even if you have to fly to nowhere, Iowa. Yeah, go anywhere in the Midwest, you'll find one. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, they're so good. So let's talk about grapes. Okay, so this story. This sto- you know what this story is? It's grape. <laughs> the title of the article I read was called the. Man who had faced murder charge and death of Delano gr- grape grower, Jackoff Dulcich? Jackoff. See, I feel like I'm saying it wrong. It's probably Yakoff. Oh, yep. One of those J's. I think it's an American Jacob. Probably. Okay. Uh, found dead Monday with traumatic injuries. Uh, this was by Jason Kotowowski. 
Katowski from Bakersfield.com on December 4th, 2018. Now, Jacob was an 80-year-old co-owner. I think it was Dulcich and Sons Farms in Delano. 80 years old to get murdered. That's infuriating. Like, why? Yeah, it's an Alanis Morissette song. Isn't it ironic? Yeah. Okay. So his article goes, a Delano man who had faced a murder charge in the death of Delano grape grower, Jacob Dulcich, was found dead Monday with traumatic injuries. The coroner's office said that Mariano Fernandez Perez, 24, was found dead around 7 a.m. on Wallace Avenue, south of Highway 155. So those are, but those are two different people. Yes. So we're going to get to the story. So the person they suspected of killing 80-year-old Jacob was 24-year-old Perez. Right. Then they found him dead. Now, granted, this murder happened April 11th, 2018. Yes. Literally a year and a half ago. Like, it's it's still pretty fresh. Yeah. And within the year, by in December, the number one suspect... Also found murdered. Also found murdered. Correct. I I have very strong feelings about what's happening. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Okay. So the Kern County Public Defender's Office confirmed Perez is the same person it represented in the slang of 84-year-old Dulcich. I thought he was 80. He's 84. Again, what's the... It's so weird to me when people kill old people. Yeah. Like, what are you... It's got to be some sort of revenge. Or money. Like... At that age, like you've made most of the money you're going to make in your life. But how would somebody, and we'll talk about theories at the end, but not related to him and in the will, it wasn't a robbery. How would the stranger come, like what would uh, Prez's motive be unless it was maybe somebody in the family, like a murderer for hire? Or somebody else in the wine growing business. Mm, I didn't even think about because that. Because he was... He was a wine, like he made wine or he grew grapes for wine or whatever the fuck you do. And one of the uh, kind of underrated impacts of the Trump presidency has been tariffs and hard times for farmers. And you get the right kind of farmer whose business has been impacted Maybe he's the kind of farmer that's fine with taking out his competition in this way. Or a thing you see with avocados is there are like most of the good avocados come from Mexico. And a lot of the people who grow those avocados in Mexico also have to pay protection money to cartels who have realized that because of tariffs, avocado prices and uh, just the money people are making on avocados is such that it's worth it to go to those people and say, if you don't give us 10% of your business, we'll murder you. Like the Mennonite mafia? What's that? Oh, I might have not said it correctly. <laughs> oh, uh, or too wait, correctly. Is it Mennonite Amish? Is that a Amish sect? I think it's something like that. There was a something, I swear it's Mennonite mafia. Um, that I guess has a lot of roots in Mexico as well. Oh, it could be. As well as like the Midwest and um, the South. And they were the same way that they expected a certain percentage of, I can't remember, whatever they were selling. And uh, yeah, when they didn't get that, people ended up swimming with the fishes. Yeah, and that could be uh, one, because this wasn't, a robbery. Well, here's the other thing. So Dulcich, the and again, so apparently he had been 
farming grapes since 1960. So a substantial amount of time, almost 80 years. Uh, he was Croatian. I don't know right. if that has anything to do with it, like a Croatian mafia. Yeah, I don't know. Like, after being in business that long, like, the only thing that could be is maybe he'd been paying protection money to someone and decided to stop because things aren't as good as they used to be. And he's 84 years old. And he's like, fucking kill me. And they were like, all right. Well, no. So we're going to get to the story because you're wrong. Uh <laughs> Uh, just, you know, Prez's murder trial ended in a hung jury, uh, and the DA dismissed it in November pending further investigation. Right. And Perez is the guy who killed him. Well, that's the guy that they thought killed him. And I'm going to get into the body of the content now. So with the death of Perez, his, uh, one of his public defenders, Lexi Blythe said, I'm absolutely devastated. Mr. Perez was an amazing person, and I'm devastated he's lost his life now. And in parentheses, cue the foreshadowing. Right. Uh, The last time she saw Perez was November 5th of 2018 when the charges were dismissed. She said he was quite happy to be released. Imagine. Which I assume is anybody who has ever been released from confinement's reaction after spending just months. Are you kidding? The people who should really be happy are the people who are exonerated after 20 plus years. You ever been to jail? No, and don't curse me. I spent a weekend in Peoria County Jail. I know. That's what you said. It was for like a DUI. Okay, come on. No. <laughs> it's just for traffic stuff. I had a, I didn't go to court for a traffic thing I had. DUI was much later. I hope that... Did anybody say like, why are you in here? Yeah, it was weird. Did you lie? Because I was... It, no. You can't say traffic ticket. No, I did. I just... I said I missed a court date. And that seemed su- sufficient, sufficiently murky okay. to where that other person could have been like, ooh, a court date for what? Right. Uh, I can't talk, bro. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Why are you asking? Yeah. You a cop? I assume you bro out in prison. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to. You don't like, it, it wasn't prison, but. Or you jail. Gotta, are you all in one cell? No. There, when I got put in, like into the actual uh, unit I was in, there was a guy like it was like two in the morning and there was a guy just sitting outside his cell yelling into the void and I had to like walk over him and it mm. turned out he had like some mental issue where he couldn't be locked in his cell at night. So that was a fun introduction. <laughs> Why didn't it's you like, say that? It's like walk over the crazy person and go to your cell. Like because you're He's in too jail. crazy to lock up at night. Like you're in jail. I would have got hit with a billy club if I said anything. <laughs> So I walk over him and I get in my cell and I go to sleep for the night and I was there for the weekend and like the, the, the shower there to keep it running longer, there was a half a broomstick in the shower that you could jam up underneath the, uh, the, the mechanism that kept the shower running. And it's like, if you're just there for the weekend, do you need to take a shower? Well, I'm not getting in a shower that has a fucking ready-made broomstick in it in a fucking <laughs> jail point. shower i was like yeah, yeah I'll just, just keep this mechanism open yeah i was like mechanism is your butthole i'll be out monday it's fine right i just won't shower a couple days of stink. until then Never but killed anybody it's it's tense so when you go to the bathroom can you see or hear each other yeah yeah <laughs> did you hold it in like but during, society and come out with stomach pains but during the day they open your cell up 
and there's like a common area that you can all go hang out. Say after shit, you just go back to your cell and do it there. Mm. And hopefully no one comes in to watch and or rape. Oh, wow. I mean, there were people who had been in there a couple of years. Really? Yeah, it's like... Because that's where you're held until your court date. So the people who are there longer are probably being held for murder. Right. Ugh, yikes. Yeah, it was good times. Traffic. For traffic. Yeah, I missed a court date. Ah, that's crazy. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, his, uh, his public defender, Blythe, uh, said she was happy as well that he was released. Uh, and she said he was in custody for something he didn't do. Uh, Blythe argued at the trial that there was no evidence Prez was the gunman in the killing of Dulcich uh, near the intersection of Willomas Avenue and South Browning Road. There was no DNA evidence. The weapon was never recovered. And a witness to the shooting who struggled with the gunman before escaping testified Prez was not the shooter, she told the jury. Now, well, that part's weird. I think it's weird, too, because. But they also think there were maybe two people there, right? They thought there possibly could have been two people. This article doesn't really get into that. Um, but you would think that with eyewitness testimony, that helped exonerate the defendant. But if he is dead, then maybe he knew too much. And while not the shooter, maybe somehow else involved with the murder. See, that's what I think happened is there were two people there. Maybe he didn't do the shooting, but he's the one who ended up getting publicly identified because he we haven't got into it yet but he does try to eliminate this witness correct and you're right actually later on in there i do believe later on in the article it does say i just did the notes this morning like i don't even know how i forgot but you're right there was a driver and then a passenger who was the shooter right okay Prosecutor Ken Russell uh, told jurors the defendant lived down the street from where the killing occurred and had the opportunity to carry it out. And at one point, the witness identified Prez as a shooter. So now they're saying he was identified. Yeah, that's weird. Another person was in the suspect vehicle with Perez, uh, but that person had not been identified. Okay, so even if he initially identified Perez as the shooter and then got on the stand and said it wasn't him, he was probably intimidated I think in there's some manner some recantation and it talks a little bit about that later on in the article so the jury deadlocked 11 to 1 uh, with a majority voting not guilty and I think that's just due to lack of evidence and possibly the one eyewitness that was still alive waffling on whether right. he could identify or not identify Perez a witness to Dulcich's killing told investigators he was traveling on Browning Road the morning of April 11th when he saw an SUV and a car traveling south on Browning trying to hit each other. The witness pulled over and the SUV creamed into his P.T. Cruiser. Purchasing that car may be the only mistake that the innocent third party <laughs> made. It's a dorky car. I mean, why? When I used to work at Enterprise, we would sell those as like when they were first out, they were a huge commodity. Like we could get $300 a day for them. What? Because nobody really knew what they were. They kind of looked like a gangster car, but they had like four cylinders. Yeah. I mean, people learned real quick that they weren't. And then they were irate with us. But yeah, back in the day when they were new, it was Yeah, like, they were hot for a yeah, minute. Yeah, they were hot for a minute. Uh, not hot in 2018 when this murder happened, however. The car stopped at the crash scene and a passenger got out and opened fire on Dulcich, the SUV's driver, the witness said in court documents. The shooter then said, let me go kill this guy, too, and chased the witness. 
To which I say, 100%, I'm shitting my pants in that moment. Also, with the unhealthy lifestyle I've led, the shooter is 100% catching up to me, and I am now a ghost host on this podcast. Yeah, but also, if you're being chased and his gun isn't working, you're kind of... you. You kind of have an advantage because he just needs to be fast enough to get close enough for you to turn around and punch him in the face. But he can also pistol whip you. If he's running full speed, that punch is going to have some impact because this witness gets away Mm -hmm. and like running was the smart move. And yeah, I feel like when he says the shooter got out and said, let me uh, get this guy too. I feel like that's the prosecutors trying to pin the shooting on this guy when he might have actually just been a passenger. Because I I feel like... Well, who would have heard that? It seems very explicit. Yeah, I mean... To hear that phrase. It's very kind of like something you'd see in a movie. Yeah, but all the guy who got out said was, let me get this guy too. He didn't say, uh, I'm the passenger, let me get out and get this guy too. Right. So we don't really know if that was the shooter or not who said that. And I feel like the maybe the driver was the initial shooter and then this guy was the other shooter who just Seems like a lot of work. Like if you're the passenger in a car, so you don't have to drive or shoot, like how lazy are you? Like do one or the other. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe his name was Jesus Perez and he took the wheel. Hey, Zeus, take the wheel. Yep. Yeah, it could be. It's my favorite <laughs> Carrie Underwood song. Yeah, hey, Zeus, take the wheel. Yeah. It's a good song. Give me just one more chance. <laughs> I've got this on my own. Or you've got this on your own. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> next, li- the next line is about killing a grape farm owner, I believe. Very popular. It shot her career to stardom right to the top of the charts hey what happened next the car stopped at the crash scene and a passenger got out and opened fire and oh wait i already read that what are you doing carrie you didn't scroll down the shooter pointed a gun at the witness at point blank range and pulled the trigger but it didn't fire that would have been scary that also does kind of point to whoever shot at him was probably the original shooter because your gun doesn't usually jam the first time you shoot it. Right. You've usually shot it a couple times and then it jams. Well, what crazy luck is that? Like, I doubt there's oh, a lot no, of that, yeah, that's insane. crime in Delano. So to think like, oh, I'm just running down to get a pack of smokes or to go to the grocery store. I'm now driving back on this two-lane highway. Yeah. I'm super close. I can see my, my farm from here. I'm so close to being home. And then this happens. You, you get essentially pushed off the road. You see a murder, and then they point the gun on you. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he pulled the trigger. It did not fire. The two fought, and the witness grabbed the front of the shooter's sweater and pulled it over his head. <laughs> Three Stooges style, as I would expect any PT Cruiser owner to do. That is brilliant, though. Because if someone has just fired a gun at you, you don't have any other weapon, you know you need to run, what can you do to disorient this person a little bit? Pull you their, zigzag like a crocodile. Pull their fucking sweater over their head. Maybe give them a knee to the face after you do that. Well, they say, or the junk, which is debilitating yeah. for guys. But I, you ever been punched in your, like, directly in your <laughs> nose? Punched, I thought you were going to say my nuts. 
in your recently like directly in your nose no very disorienting well some i'm sure it is it throws off your equilibrium that's what you're supposed to do with a shark as well yeah you poke him in the eyes or you punch him in the nose pull pull its sweater over its head (laughs) pull its fin and then knee it in the snout uh he then poked the shooter in the eyes and bopped him on the head and then ran (laughs) south and browning and the shooter returned to the car and sped off hell yeah Hell yeah. Uh, later, uh, authorities were notified that a vehicle similar to the description of the suspect vehicle was found burning near the county line. The car, which was a 2009 Kia Rio. What the actual fuck is going on with these car a making Kia models? Rio? Was determined to be registered to Prez's mother, which I would think would be strong evidence. You would think that would play into the court's decision circumstantial evidence i don't know i would think so uh and speaking with investigators the witness said perez was a person who most looked like the shooter and that's where i think the prosecution and the defense took it upon themselves to decide maybe what that meant uh out of several uh, photographs that he they was were shown. probably like being performatively woke and didn't want to be like yeah that's definitely him it's like um, what if it's not now i yeah. seem racist because i think all hispanic people look alike maybe PC culture, out of control. I wonder how close Delano is to Gilroy, because Gilroy, amazing garlic. The, yeah, that's that's <laughs> mostly what we know Gilroy for right now. That and the recent garlic festival shooting. Why at the garlic festival? It's it Gilroy's like one thing. Place. Yeah. God, and garlic is so good. It really is. Uh, but at trial, the witness testified the shooter had no tattoos and was shorter than him. Perez had numerous tattoos, some representing his gang affiliation, which is a callback to his DA suggesting that Perez was an awesome person. Right. And was roughly the same height as the witness. See, that's the thing. The the fact that the witness fought back, it picture like for me, I picture like a fucking Jeff May type who like you fired a gun, it didn't go off, and now you realize, okay, well, I'm like six four and you're like five eight. And I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. And I feel like that, like the idea that this guy fired a gun and the witness still was able to overpower him as opposed to shitting his pants does point to whoever pointed that gun was very short. Right. Like he was a, he wasn't intimidated. He was a little person who absent that gun did not intimidate the person uh, driving that car. Any person that drives a PT Cruiser or a Kia Rio, they are not known for their leg room. Yeah, that's a good point. I know. The PT Cruiser, yeah. So maybe not. But still, it like if this guy's like he, I'm like uh five nine, five ten when I was on Tinder. Mm-hmm. Uh like if some five four dude pointed a gun at me and pulled the trigger and it didn't go off, we're fighting. Yeah. Like, I feel like you've lost your only advantage in that point. And we're going to fight after that. I feel like small- I'm going to pull your sweater over your head <laughs> and run into the adjoining field. Or at our restaurant, you would pull their Chicago Bears jersey over If their I was head. at Ten Horn Flats, sure. Shout out to that place. Or West Coast Loins. West Coast Loins. Uh, use code UNPOPS at checkout to get 15% off your first tenderloin sandwich. 20% purchase. off your first order. Yeah, yeah. It's a loyalty it's program. It. It's cheaper than if you bought it without that code, mm-hmm. which people don't get. Right. Oh, and for your first time, we will also throw in a free CBD oh, oil yeah. wipe. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. CBD wipes, Elixir. You can actually use code UNPOPS at checkout to buy that. Elixir. I would definitely need something like that to calm me down if I was the driver of the PT Cruiser in this situation. Yeah, and I, have we even mentioned that the guy who was murdered in this was the owner of the company that makes Hobgoblin grapes? I feel like we went to great detail to mention <laughs> Hobgoblin grapes and didn't mention that the guy who was murdered here was like the all of, of this wit- farms. Like what happened is this guy, the owner of Hobgoblin grapes, was driving down some fucking dusty northern California road and there was another car in front of him and then a third car shows up and shoots the owner of Hobgoblin Grapes. And Hobgoblin Grapes guy, his car keeps going and runs into the witness car. Unfortunate third car. Who had pulled over on the side of the road for some reason. No, I believe they mentioned that he got ran off the road because the two cars were driving down this two-lane highway, so it's one each way, next to each other, and then the the passenger reached out and was shooting at the driver. So he had to swerve onto the shoulder. But then the car of the guy who got killed ends up hitting his car. Correct. Rolls forward after he gets shot. Right. And then the car where the shooters were, someone gets out of that car, walks up to the witness, tries to shoot him and the gun doesn't go off. And then the witness Pulls his sweater over his head. It's a good thing that it wasn't like July and he was wearing a sweater. Yes. Yes. That's because you've still been chilly like April. Yeah. You pull a t-shirt over the head. That's nothing. Yeah. You can get out of that. Restrictive. Yeah. But that also means so. So Dulcich, the 84 year old guy was in an SUV, which is a pimp move, by the way. Uh, Yeah. Of course. In an SUV. Yeah. Or like a or a truck. Um, But that means that the passenger Already as a short person has to look up at people, but now from his Kia Rio shooting up into an SUV. And you're, there's going to be a, like a, a sense of longing being in a Kia Rio and then seeing someone in an SUV next to you. It's like, why am I still in a Kia Rio? So maybe it was just road rage. Jealousy. Mm-hmm. That guy has an SUV and I'm in a Kia Rio. So the point that, or the Part of this, it makes no sense to me then, is why try to kill the guy in the PT Cruiser? Why don't you go up and dap him like, bro, I get it. Small car owner to small car owner. Right. Like, we see each other. He was taking up too much space on the road. Surely you understand. Yeah, right. I had to kill him. Yeah, he had to go. Yeah, I just, I don't, no, I get it. I get why he tried to kill the witness. But how do you lose the fight after trying to kill the witness? Like, you have one job. Yeah. Which is kill a guy driving, what was the witness driving? Probably like a kid. No, he was one driving the PT Cruiser. Okay, you got to kill a guy <laughs> in a PT Cruiser? Are we, are we Cruiser? a different story now? Well, there's so many cars involved. <laughs> there's three to be exact. Okay, name all three. <laughs> Just a uh, general SUV. Right. I'm going to suggest a Suburban. PT, PT Cruiser. Kia Rio. Okay. So you're in a PT, like you just had to. Yes, you've smoked pot and drink some beer. I've been drinking beer. Like We are three stooging this podcast. I, I, I don't think it's that hard, but I feel somehow we made it very difficult on ourselves. I'm just saying your one job is kill the guy driving a PT cruiser. And somehow you as a 
professional killer fuck that up. Mm-hmm. That is comedy. That is a movie. I want to know what, well, I mean, he went to the police. Like in a movie, the driver of the PT Cruiser would not have gone to police. Right. Because someone would have been like, no, you can't go to the police. So, so Clint Eastwood is definitely the hobgoblin guy. Jack off, right? Old and shuffly in 84. Yeah, I could see There's that. no one else who can What? Well, no, in, no. He's Michael the, Douglas, too young. Kirk Douglas, way too old. No, Clint Eastwood is the witness who the guy tried to shoot. And then Clint, old and out of combat shape, pulls the only move he knows to pull, which is snatch the guy's sweater over his head. But then he shuffles off. And then he shuffles off and the guy catches up. But Clint is wily enough to know that you just need to be fast enough to position yourself. To hide behind a bush and maybe... Yeah, the guy who shot him was like, "Oh my God, where did he go? There's two bushes out here, and then just blank farmland. Yeah, I don't know where he could be. Or he's running, 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 running after you, getting tired, and you eventually just turn around, wait for him to get close enough to you, and you punch him. So what if the guy overshoots the bush and runs towards a house or whatever, thinking that that's where Clint went, and then Clint's just standing behind the bush and he takes a moment to light a cigarette and be like. What a stupid fucking asshole. Because he still cusses. Then Clint chases him. <laughs> All of a sudden, he turns back. And turns into, true, into a pursuit. Grit. Yeah. Okay. Wait, was he in True Grit or is that uh, John Wayne? No, that was John well, Wayne. Well, he should and have been in True Grit. And I stand by that. It was John Wayne and then uh, with the fucking beard. He's got a blog. Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> Santa Claus. I know Haley Stein. Jeff Bridges. Ah. And Haley Steinfeld. God, everyone does have a podcast. What? Should get them on the network. We should. Yeah. So what happened next? Oh, that's it. What? Oh, that's the end of the story? <laughs> that's the end. Oh, it's good. still a mystery. still a murder mystery. So if you guys know, add us. Yeah, I, I feel like this is possibly a cartel thing. Because I thought you were going to say Kardashian, but it could be either. Because with all of the restrictions we're putting on at the border... And all of the tariffs we're putting in place, it's not just making business harder for regular business people. It's making business harder for criminal business people, too. And sometimes business people with criminal leanings enter into legitimate businesses because the trigger man, the shooter, was eventually found dead also, which... If you've pulled off a crime like this and someone gets identified and you're like a cartel, but you're going to kill the person who's been identified. Right. But also, is that coincidence? Because if he was a gang member, I mean, it could just be him living on the streets. Yeah, I I feel like this grape thing is like we're going to find out it's related to the grape growing business. Yeah. Like I I, it's still so fresh. It's just. I mean, it's been a year and a half since the first murder. And then... Almost a year, not quite a year, since the supposed killer and got like, murdered. If it's just like a financial dispute, like, witnesses don't get murdered. And Like, the guy who is being blamed for pulling the trigger getting murdered points to it being an organized crime Well, thing. with... with Perez being so young, so Dolcich and son, it could... I bet it's one of his grandsons... That could be wanted 
the money and he probably is, you know, hangs out with the riffraff of Delano and happened to know this gang member and knew he did shady stuff. That could be also. Hey, I'll pay you $2,000, which wouldn't be a lot to the Dulcich grandson, but would be a lot to the street guy who, you know, is doing whatever to make ends meet. Yeah. But then you also. this. Do we have a. But then you have to. You have to go kill the guy who you asked to kill your grandson. So that was the grandson who did it. You could have just killed him. Killed the grandfather yourself. Cut out the middle. No, no, that's too messy. (laughs) There's only one way we're going to solve this. We need to kill someone. We need the killer to come forward. Or we need to kill someone and see how it goes and see how that lines up to the facts in this case. You know who would have been driving that PT Cruiser? Who? The same guy who's going to tenderize our pork tenderloins. Hell yeah. Chet Wild. Chet Wild. Will you please hammer some pork tenderloins for us? He would so be the guy that's like, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to pull this sweater over someone's head. No one else under the age of 65 would think to do that. It's a smart move. I don't know. I'm going to pull your sweater over your head. <laughs> Are you going to bleep that out? No, no. <laughs> Chet has oh, heard me do better. my Chet Wild impersonation Chet. all the time. And yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see where this story goes. There's a Netflix documentary. Ah, what's it called? It's about all of the various abuses in the food industry. God damn it. And there's an episode about avocados. And the avocado episode reminded me of this, where like tariffs and immigration restrictions and all of these different things Trump has done have made it harder to just get things in the country. And a lot of cartels that are losing cocaine money because getting cocaine across the border is harder are like leaning on avocado producers and like extorting money out of them. And if they don't give them that money, they fucking kill them. What if you cut open a teddy bear coming across the border? Just a bunch of hobgoblin grapes. Fucking hobgoblin grapes. Hell yeah. I'd oh, eat yeah. them is what I would do. You and yeah, rinse them first. but Like Northern California, I don't doubt that there's some cartel influence in Northern California. It's a big drug growing area, like especially weed. Like there's no doubt that cartels are active in that area. Like could be something like that. Could be. We don't know. El Chapo killed this guy. No, actually, I believe during this time, El Chapo was somewhere in the woods where only Sean Penn, of all people, could go and interview him for Vanity Fair. Sean Penn and that hot actress from Bolivia or wherever she was from. Mm. Colombia, probably. Mm. Because I think that's where I'm I'm like... I'm sure there was a female go-between that linked up Sean Penn and El Chapo, but... Yeah, like I'm getting into accidentally racist territory here. <laughs> it's fine. So yeah, if you know anything about who killed this grape farmer, mm-hmm. why are you being such an asshole and not telling us? We need to know as podcasters. I feel like we could probably solve this case, right. but it would get us murdered because there's something bigger. Like it wasn't a robbery. They didn't rob the guy. Mm-hmm. They just murdered him. Right. Which I guess the first thing you do is look at who's taking that business over next. Like you said, kids or grandkids. But after that. Definitely grandkid. 
Was someone leaning on him for protection money? Then were you tailing him? Did you know who he was? Was it spur of the moment? Maybe going to follow him? No, not follow him to his house to rob him because you didn't even let him get to his house. No. So probably easily overpower him. Yeah, so many so many questions. It's interesting, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for uh, tweeting it, lady. Is <laughs> oh uh, Katie Chironis? Was at, the original author. At K Chironis. Thanks for tweeting this. It was... Like, it was a lot of deep dive research on her part to go from look at these hobgoblin grapes to this whole thing's happening. It was Brian Powers who uh, let us know about Katie Tronis's tweet. So thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Uh, so Katie is the one who refused <laughs> to be on the podcast. She said she was going to Vegas and she declined uh, quickly. But also was very pleasant about turning us down. Thank you so much, Katie. I mean, we were obviously able to nail this without her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we solved it without her, (laughs) which is... Giving a million different possibilities. Yeah. And like, it's like we're the solvers. Mm -hmm. She's the finder. She brought it to us. We did our job from there. Correct. Thank you, Katie, for letting us help you solve this crime. Mm -hmm. Still unsolved. I mean, is it? (laughs) I feel like we've landed on some pretty solid conclusions. And if law enforcement wants our help, our help or to take our advice or our guidance, they Mm -hmm. will. Right. Or they won't. But I feel like in this room, we've we've got this figured out. It's a organized crime thing. Is that why we land? I say grandson. Okay. Yeah. One of those. But that's narrowing or, it down to two Clint options. Eastwood. So three. Or Clint Eastwood. Or aliens. Always aliens are a possibility. Right. I know you don't like aliens. Uh, space. Gross. So it's probably aliens. Mm. And they're programming you to come do this podcast and say it's something else. Possibly. Good times. Mm. Should we uh, get out of here? <laughs> 100%. No, this is a good episode. Why are you being this way? Oh my God. I feel like I'm in sixth grade and I'm about to break up with you. Uh, I will say I get messages every once in a while uh, from people and I love them. I love all the messages I get uh, that are kind. The ones that are not kind, I could do without. Yeah, they can fuck off. (laughs) I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I got one from Maddie the other day that said, um, hi, um, so I listen to Pretty Scary a lot. Like re-listening to old episodes and I'm listening to the Christmas episode, which is almost Thanksgiving. Will it be Thanksgiving when you release this? Yes. Or the day before? Is uh, it a Thanksgiving drive? Uh, it'll be the week after. I'm holding a bunch of stuff for the week after. And I'm listening to the Christmas episode and drinking. And when you said, if you're drinking and listening, and I hope that you are, and I stand by that, cheers. Sure. So she goes, I cheers my phone. I just needed to tell someone that that was something that I did, which I love. Uh, The other one is we're going to give, although it's now passed, Leah Kay a happy birthday shout out. She got irate with you on Twitter, which would be just yet another Twitter beef for you. She got irate with me? Because she could not find the Unpops episode that you did with Caitlin about feisty old people, feisty old women. It was literally the the most. younger men that they love who drive PT Cruisers. It was the most recent episode (laughs) 
on Patreon. Well, she had trouble downloading it and you should have helped. And since you did it, I offered something from your Mariah Carey record collection. And she's like, no, that's she was actually very sweet about it. I ramped up under the guise <laughs> of pretty scary. <laughs> I like that you put a hand <laughs> over your face when you said guys. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that whole exchange. I was trying to help. <laughs> Like there was a link. Well, she was still lost. Listen, it's her birthday. Happy birthday, Leah. There was a link to I mean, that's the least we could do. Episode in that thread. You just click it and you're there. I don't know. Don't talk wow. down. Don't talk down to me or Leah, okay? Well, Leah's making me feel bad. I'm sorry. But uh I think I'm making you feel bad by proxy. Thank you for listening, Leah. Should we get out of here is the question. Yeah. Uh what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Uh, the Midwest podcast or no, the Midwest comedy tour that we may or may not have in May, but that we talk about every episode. It'll happen. I like hope it's, so. It's That'd only November. That's six months from now. Yeah. Well, I think you we wanted just, to start we planning need to September. Just, that's been the whole problem with all the tours we've done is we don't start plugging them yeah. early enough. So come see us tell jokes in, <laughs> in the spring. Location well, TBD. we have a show in Chicago in May. But I'll be planning other stuff before and after that. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see what I can do to help. So Bolo, be on the lookout for tour dates. Mm-hmm. Carrie, what do you have to plug? Oh, nothing. You can. Although I'm not really on social media anymore, I should be because I do find it fun. Eh. I well because I don't do it that often. My I feel like my best content comes at the beginning of a happy hour when I'm like, I have that like first drink, like, ah, oh, this was nice. I'm like starting to relax for my day. But before drink three, where I'm like contemplating uh, my career path and deciding whether I want a cigarette or not. Sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, you can find me, Carrie Martin 722 on Twitter. You can find me, Carrie Martin 22 on Instagram, or you can find me as an original cast member on the Unpops Real World original cast member not an alternate yeah like original i might not bring a lot of drama but i will do a lot of talking and the confessional behind everybody's back that sounds like drama to me okay all right let's get out of here carrie say goodbye goodbye caitlin say goodbye wow i know wow why are we always so surprised god goodbye everybody we love you Oh, my God.